episode number 418 on the power of a spiritual vision with Krishna G. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Most of you know that I spent a couple of weeks in India recently where I was doing a meditation retreat. And at this meditation retreat, I learned so much more about myself, about my thoughts, about my body, about my breath, about my ideas, about my mindset. And I felt like I was able to dive deeper into the meaning of everything and the meaning of why I'm here and why we're all here, uh, how this all happened, uh, what the purpose of this is. You know, my entire childhood, I constantly was in the question of why am I here and what is the purpose? What is the purpose, especially if I feel all this frustration and anger and disappointment and lack of belonging, and I felt insecure. Why am I here? I had these questions over and over again, and I never understood the answer. I never I never knew what the answers were, so I just led to more frustration and more disappointment and anger and lashing out and, um, you know, just doing all the, the troublesome things that I did as a, a young boy growing up and as a young teenager. You know, I've been on a journey seeking answers my entire life. You know, one of the reasons I do this podcast is to seek the truth from people who've been there and done that before, the truth that works for them, and to see if that truth resonates with me, with where I'm at in my life. And sometimes certain truths or wisdom that I've had in different parts of my life or different times may not work or be as relevant in other times. And so I think I'm constantly looking for answers and the truth to deepen my spiritual practice, to heighten my sense of awareness, to let go of the things that don't support or serve me and continue to develop myself as a human being to be the best that I can possibly be in all areas of my life. That's what the School of Greatness is for, becoming the best version of yourself in every area of your life. And I met with uh, Pritaji, who we had on the podcast a while ago, and she invited me out. She's one of the founders of One World Academy. She invited me to One World Academy in India. And Krishnaji, her husband, who is uh, one of the founders, they're both the founders, but this is really his vision and his uh, baby brought to life. They both founded it together. There were some profound things that I learned, and I want to share with you throughout this interview with Krishnaji what I learned. He turns the tables around on me at some point in this interview and, and kind of asks me the biggest lessons that I've learned and the most profound things. So if you're curious about hearing what happened, this was at the very end, I think the last couple of days of my experience in India uh, for a couple of weeks. So you're going to hear what I was experiencing in the moment. We recorded this in their, uh, in their studio. So for those that aren't aware of what has happened or um, what I did, 
Uh, make sure to go back to the previous interview. We'll have it linked up in the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 418. You can learn more there. But this is me during the meditation retreat, what I was learning and experiencing and what I was thinking in that moment. So Krishna G in 2009, uh, he with his wife, Pritha G, started One World Academy. And this academy is a wisdom school for enlightenment. It is based in a new tradition where the focus is on knowing one's self and discovering that we are connected to all that exists, everything that exists. Now, Christian G and Preeta G are enlightened world teachers whose vision is to free individuals of all forms of unhappiness. And their teachings challenge every justification for living in sorrow and inner isolation. So if you feel any type of pain, any type of suffering, any type of anguish, then make sure you listen very closely to this entire interview because the things that I learned about how to rid suffering from myself were so profound and yet so simple when I grasped the concept. And some of the things we talk about are the importance of looking for answers inside ourselves instead of outside ourselves constantly which kind of contradicts me constantly questioning people and asking questions all the time. But I'm just a curious guy. I'm always going to ask that. But really, it was interesting. When I asked Krishna G who his greatest teacher was, his answer was quite profound for me. And I think the answer will resonate with all of you if you take a moment to listen. We talk about the one path to finding true joy. If you want to be joyful in your life, if you want to experience this bliss, this joy, then you have to follow this simple path. Also, why having a spiritual vision is essential to life. Guys, after I learned more and more about this, I realized, wow, that's why I suffered so much. And wow, that's why I was so angry when I was a child. The importance of a spiritual vision and what happens if we don't have one. Also, we talk about why many people struggle to live in a positive state of mind and how to shift out of that. And then also how to end your suffering after becoming aware of it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited for you guys to connect with this. And, uh, you know, Krishna G has a softer tone. So be, uh, be aware and listen in and lean in as you're listening and really pay attention. And I hope you guys get a lot out of this. Make sure to share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 418. Tweet me, send me a message on Instagram as you're listening to this, at Lewis House, and let me know the biggest thing that's opening up for you during this conversation. I'd love to connect with you as you're listening. This is the power of creating a spiritual vision with the meditation master, the one, the only, Krishna G. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. We're here in India at One World Academy with Chris and G. Thanks so much Thank for, you. for having me. Thanks so much for doing the interview. I just finished two weeks here. Yes. This is my last day. I'm leaving a few hours back yes. to the United States. We will miss you. Yes, I will miss you guys as mm-hmm. well. And what an experience, man. What a, a great experience. I interviewed your wife, Preeta G. It was about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Two months ago. Yes. And... 
really didn't know what to expect coming here. She just said, you need to come. She invited me. Um, I had the recommendation from our good friend, Ben Sterner, who introduced us. Yes. And I said, okay, I trust you guys, I'll come. But I didn't know what to expect. But what I, what I learned and what I created was, was magic. So I wanna thank you for bringing me into your home, making me part of your family, and for your incredible team for, for having me here. Now, One World Academy is a wisdom school that you started yes. in 2009, is that correct? Yes. And why did you start this? Before we, we talk about my experience of what I've learned, I want to know why you started it. We started uh, One World Academy uh, to teach people to live in powerful spiritual states. And, uh, you know, we are constantly looking for answers for happiness, for our joy, for our fulfillment in the external. Uh, whereas we actually need to take the journey inwards. All our experiences in life happens within us. Take any emotion for that matter. Emotion of hurt, anger, peace, love, jealousy, connection, courage, fear, passion. Where do you experience these emotions? You experience these emotions within you. Mm-hmm. So if you want a transformation, if you want a change to happen in your life, the journey you need to make is within you. But we are constantly searching for answers outside of us. So One World Academy was started with that intention that each and every individual on this planet can be can be taught to make the journey within, mm. to find happiness within them, to find fulfillment within them, to find joy within them, to find love, connection, courage, passion within them, so that they can then give back to the world. See, we are constantly searching for love outside of us. We are searching for passion outside of us. We want something to motivate us. We want some, someone else to love us. If you're in a suffering state, if you're in a state of fear, if you're in a state of anger, if you're in a state of disconnect, how will you experience these beautiful experiences? So our understanding is you need to live in these beautiful states to share. So we're in a constant mode of expecting. Mm-hmm. We want someone to give so that we can transform. We want someone to change so that we can transform. We want situations to change around the life so that we can feel better. When we are constantly seeing people are changing, probably someone is really loving you, probably the systems outside are certainly becoming better. But we are constantly seeing in the world that we are becoming unhappier. Mm-hmm. We are not becoming happier beings. That means the answer is within us. It's not outside of us. What is outside of us is to create a better world, a more comfortable world. A world that can be more beautiful, which can be enjoyed, and where we can survive as a human species. Mm -hmm. But to find real joy and to find real happiness and love and connection, we need to move inwards. So with that intention, One World Academy was formed. Mm -hmm. Now, who taught you these principles early on? Like, How did you discover these things? Were you suffering a lot as a child and you were seeking this? Or were you always brought up understanding these principles? I was uh, not suffering as a child. My parents have been wonderful to me. Uh, They brought me up in a very beautiful way. In fact, uh, so much so that they never even asked what was my marks and my grades or anything like that. (laughs) So uh, I had wonderful parenting. I am lucky to be born in a spiritual family. Mm -hmm. My father is a spiritual master in this country. And uh, got exposed to spirituality from the age of 12. So uh, I have been part of his work and what he has been doing. 
and uh, somewhere i think uh, i would not say somewhere but i think throughout my life i've always looked inwards for my happiness yeah yes how did you understand that was that your father or was that your definitely my uh, father uh, did not particularly tell me to move inwards but his teachings have helped but uh, i have always told myself in those days from the age of 12 13 onwards always felt that i should take responsibility if something went wrong mm-hmm. so it was a very simple teaching but it definitely made me see the truth to some extent in the extent that i need to get better at this so i can't keep blaming and blaming and find fault with someone else and go on this path of suffering and you know creating making the problem bigger so i always used to look inward and used to say okay next time there will be a lot of change brought to this problem particular problem and uh, i definitely would see my shortcomings where would. i went wrong i would and i would make those corrections uh, later on as i grew the insights became better mm-hmm. and definitely the understanding became much more clearer that if you want to live a happy life the answers are within you and not outside of you mm-hmm. who would you say is more influential for you growing up mom or dad ah uh, dad and what was the biggest lesson he taught you the biggest lesson he taught me was uh, he was life is here to serve others life is here to serve others others and he said uh, you will find tremendous fulfillment in spiritual work because it's really helping people and making them happier and i think that was a that was a very powerful seed that he laid within me mm-hmm. so yeah what would you say is your superpower <laughs> to live in a fantastic state most of the time <laughs> <laughs> that's just your power you live in a fantastic state yeah why do you think so many people struggle in doing that when it seems like it's so simple yes you know it's so simple for you it's so yes. simple for your staff and team yes. why do so many people suffer or struggle in just feeling inner joy inner peace inner acceptance yeah we suffer for many reasons one reason could be we are constantly as i said earlier looking for answers outside of us we want to blame someone else for our happiness or for our sadness uh, for all the problems we have in life uh, they don't do something for you or they yes. do something against you against you then we put the blame on someone else yes and then we are also searching for our joy in someone else through someone else constantly so more material things right more material things um, that's definitely one reason Uh, but i think there is only one path to joy one path to joy and uh, to find happiness and that path is to look at the truth not looking at the truth externally that oh he is bad therefore i need to be careful and strategize my way of speaking or be manipulative or uh, this system is bad so i need to understand how to work around the system though that's not the truth we are talking about we are talking about the truth that's about you so you need to see what is causing you the suffering why are you suffering and once you can see the truth then you have freedom from it what's the truth and that truth is all suffering arises from obsessive self centered thinking so uh, inner suffering you're talking inner about. suffering so you are in a job you get fired that's the problem the problem is you got fired and you need to find a new job but we suffer why do we suffer the first thing is this hurt i got fired who is this guy to fire me i committed i did so much of hard work i was a fantastic guy i adjusted 
I was a great team player, but I still got fired. Even now, uh, I have a lifestyle. How am I to live the same lifestyle if I don't find a job? What am I going to go and tell my wife? What am I going to go tell my parents? What am I going to go tell my kids? So you have moved away from the problem of finding another job to yourself. Mm. And that's where suffering comes from. So I'll give an interesting example. Uh, there was this participant uh, from China and uh, he was here. And after he went back, he was diagnosed with cancer, level three or something. And uh, whole family are one Academy academy uh, students. So uh, he probably was the most happiest cancer patient because during his cancer, he could see a suffering arose. All that he was doing was he was thinking about himself. What will happen to my kids when I die? What's going to happen to this wealth? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? I worked so hard. I've been such a good man. I've been such a good person to everyone. Why this to me? Why did God punish me? I, have got, I didn't do anything good for people. I've been so much family-oriented. I have not really contributed. I thought I will contribute at this particular age, but I can't do that now. So once he brought awareness to that truth, where he's only thinking about himself and actually moved away from treating his cancer, he became free of his suffering. And believe it or not, as you become free of your suffering, your health improves. As your inner state becomes better, your health actually improves. And definitely the family worked together to find a solution for this external problem with his cancer. And yes, they found the solution and he's mm-hmm. cured. Mm-hmm. But uh, he said, uh, I could handle my suffering very, very easily because it was all about me. Right, right. Yeah. So, so that's where the answer is. You need to see the truth. So, okay, if I see the truth, I'm suffering, I'm upset, I'm agonizing over The something. first step is you should recognize that you're suffering. We have met many people who don't even want to accept that they're suffering. Right. So, so you need to bring awareness and observation to the fact that you are suffering. Okay. And then, but how do you end it? You end it by looking at the truth. The beauty is when you look at the truth, the freedom is automatic. Really? Yes. So you, nothing else needs to happen. Nothing else needs to happen. You look at the truth, you see it, yes. and realize that it's about me. I'm suffering because of my obsessive, self-centric thinking. Yes. Once I recognize that, then the suffering goes away. Yes, because you clearly see that you have moved away from love, you have moved away from connection, you have moved away from courage, you have moved away from vision, your passion to yourself. Mm-hmm. So you have moved away from also addressing your problems to yourself. Then you are in the space of really answering the question, what is important to me? Am I going to keep suffering like this and obsessing about myself? Right. Or if I have a problem with my children or with my wife, Am I going to move to a beautiful state and address the problem? Mm-hmm. Because I need to address it. Because if I go on this path of suffering, everything around me is going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. So that's. I feel like a lot of people inflict suffering on themselves, whether through their beliefs, through religion, or through family mm-hmm. stuff. They just they feel like they have to suffer to, I don't know, live better in the afterlife or, or do something or give back in some way. What is that doing for us? Why do we focus so much on suffering? when it only hurts us more and more and takes us away from joy? Well, uh, the first uh, answer is we don't know how to come out of our suffering. That's the first one. The second answer is uh, we really do not have a stronger, deeper purpose for our relationships. We need to find those answers. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And the third one is you need to look at the truth. See, I was in London giving a talk when I started in 2009. And there was this woman who stood up and asked me this question. Krishnaji, I understand these two states and everything, but throughout my life, I have been taught that if you suffer from there, your passion to uh, get more in life or achieve more in life uh, is easier because now you have learned a lot and you have suffered. <laughs> now you're driven or something. Now you're driven. So I just told her that you just do not have, you have just not learned the art of creating success from a beautiful state. That's it. From inspiration as opposed from to inspiration, proving from people wrong or yes, trying to make yourself look good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, my entire childhood, I, I came from a place of proving people wrong. Of creating to show that I was worthy enough okay. of acceptance or love, <laughs> and it drove me to create. I mean, I created everything I wanted. Okay, but every time I would achieve the dream or the goal or the vision, it was like there was more suffering afterwards. There was like this. It was never complete. It was never whole. It was always like, "What's next?" This wasn't good enough. It wasn't the way I wanted it to be. Yeah, and I continued to be driven by this. I guess negative state as opposed to a beautiful state. And it's um, it's tricky because it, it's you feel like, well, I'm, I'm driving, I'm driven by this thing, this emotion, and it's getting me what I want. Yeah. I'm achieving what I want. It's yeah. happening. Things are happening. I'm making money. I have access to things. Yeah. But at what cost? Yes. And a few years ago when I started on this journey and realized that I can come from inspiration, from coming from a place of passion, a place of I'm already complete. And I want to create this to make an impact in the world. Yes. It was so much more enjoyable. Yes. <laughs> and the, pro- the process was easier. It wasn't hard. Okay. It wasn't the stressful and anxiousness. If something didn't work out, I could, I could move through it with more peace. Okay. And I'm still able to create. And I feel like it's even more powerful. Yes. Much more powerful. It was like this spiritual vision. It's like fueling, yes. right? Yes. And so what's the importance of a spiritual vision? And if we don't have one... What's going to happen to us? Well, if we don't have one, we are going to suffer. Because we don't have a spiritual vision. Yes. Because spiritual vision is all about uh, living in a beautiful state and acting from that beautiful state. Addressing your problems from a beautiful state. Not from a state of anger, not from a state of fear, insecurity, loneliness or depression. But, a frame, but from a state of courage, passion, connection. So... So one needs to learn to live in the state. That should become the most important thing because, as I told earlier, all experiences are happening within you. So it's our interpretation, right? One, it's our interpretation. Two, if you're suffering, there's only one interpretation. It's about you. Right. Okay. But there's experiences happening in the external world. Yes. And we interpret it in a certain way internally. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's either... Suffering experience or not suffering? Yes. And you are right. But when suffering arises, 
you have stopped interpreting outer world. You are only thinking about yourself. Okay, but if you are just interpreting the outer world without suffering, then you are probably thinking about how do I solve this problem from a strategy point of view or just from from a vision perspective. You're looking at at how do I make this just better. You're not mm-hmm. suffering, but you're just seeing it in a practical, pragmatic, in a pragmatic way. So, uh, so yes, spiritual vision I think is the most important thing. Uh, if you do not learn to live in a beautiful state and learn to relate from that state, you will not be uh, enjoying any of your relationships, be it your kids, your wife, your work, your profession, and yourself. How do we cultivate that on a daily basis? Besides being aware of, we're not suffering, but how do we just stay in that and cultivate it? Uh, there is, there are definitely certain meditations that we offer, which you can practice on a daily basis. Uh, those will help cultivating the beautiful state. Um, Why is meditation so powerful? Meditation is powerful because meditation becomes powerful when you apply wisdom. See, meditation should go along with the wisdom. So not just meditating to meditate, not understanding why. Yeah, not understanding why. Not understanding why you're meditating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to, there has to be a purpose for meditation. And uh, that purpose must have the right path. Then you're meditating in the right way. Otherwise, meditation by itself has no purpose. Hmm. It, it might make you just feel good, but you don't have achieved anything. It might help for a few hours. A few hours or a few minutes. Yeah. Sure. What would you say is your spiritual vision? Then? My spiritual vision has always been... Uh, to live in a beautiful, powerful state and address my uh, challenges and uh, my vision in every aspect of my life from that state. That's my vision. What would you say is your external vision? My external vision, uh, I have uh, uh, quite a few visions for my life, for my family, for my businesses and the spiritual work I do. But coming to One World Academy, to really give people uh, liberative wisdom and powerful direct experiences that can completely transform them as a human being and uh, revolutionize the way they think and the way they live their life and the way they relate with every aspect of their life. How does this wisdom apply for business? Because you've built a number of successful businesses, you've done very well financially. How do you apply this mindset and this this way of being mm-hmm. in all of your relationships and business because there's a lot of entrepreneurs watching. Yes. And what if they're like, well, this is just for your relationships, your family and your intimate relationships, but can this really be yes. helpful for my career, my business? Yes. I have interacted with many business people and uh, one of the strong emotions that they work from is competitiveness. They constantly compete with somebody. Competitiveness. Competitiveness. Yeah. So um, I was in a meeting with uh, one guy here in India who is a very big business person. And I was asking him, what's the vision and what's the purpose? And he was telling me, like, I want to become better than that guy. Right. I want to do things better than that person. I want to get those projects. Then I told him, I don't think so that's going to work because that guy <laughs> is good at what he's doing. So you need to find what you are good at and what you really love doing then I think you'll be far more successful. So I think it's very important, number one, to find what the vision is. And number two, not to go about achieving that vision from a place of fear. See, we are constantly, most business people want to achieve from a space of fear. And after achieving, they don't want to lose what they've achieved against fear. So there's definitely no enjoyment 
in this entire path. So uh, I have done it from a beautiful state. Um, if there's a challenge, because I can differentiate challenge and suffering, I address it. I see that suffering is about me. And uh, once I out of my suffering, there is immense clarity and power to address the challenge, whatever the challenge might be. Because now you're seeing challenge as a challenge. You are not part of that. Mm -hmm. So then there's tremendous clarity to address those problems. Unfortunately, uh, we make it too much about ourselves. We make it too much about our image. Uh, we make it too much about what people are constantly thinking about us. Uh, so if you bring awareness and if you start looking at the truth, then you will actually see that 70% or 80% of the time, you are spending thinking about yourself rather than your business. Mm -hmm. so, uh, do you ever come from that? Do you ever get in that space where you're getting competitive or comparing yourself to someone else in business in your industry? Or do you ever, mm -hmm. you do? I would say uh, not much. Okay. Not much. I'm very, very clear about what I want to do. I'm very clear about how my projects must look. And I'm very, very clear about what is the team I want, what are the kind of people that needs to work with me. And, uh, and if there's too much competition, I'm okay with letting it go and I know that there'll be a bigger opportunity coming my way next time. What if something doesn't work out the way you want it to be? You have this vision of, like, I want, yes. I want these people to do these things and then it doesn't work out. How do you react? I do respond? get upset. You do get upset? Yeah, I do get upset and uh, a little frustrated. Uh, because most of the time... Uh, at least here, it's because of the systems. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many things that need to go go together to make uh, your project successful. Yeah. And um, sometimes systems break down. And uh, so you know that you did your best and systems break down. Again, if you enter into suffering, apply the teaching. So, uh, so I see the problem and uh, for the next project, we make sure that we first mm -hmm. correct the systems and then go ahead with it. So whenever you recognize you're in a breakdown, yes. how, what's your process? If I recognize the external problem which is breaking down. But I, then you feel like a reaction in some you, way. I trigger. don't react. You don't react? I don't react. Never? Never. I don't but you, you get frustrated sometimes. I do get frustrated, yes. But I do frustrate, I get frustrated. I do get angry. Uh, I, I do get hurt. All these are emotions. Uh, that things did not go according to my plan, things did not work out the way it had to go. All that really hurts, but uh, uh, that's being human, right? Yeah. But I think... Uh, You're human? Absolutely. <laughs> 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 uh, but I think once you have the spiritual vision, which is the most important thing is to live in a beautiful state, and once you live there, there's tremendous intelligence yeah. and clarity that comes. Uh, you move there. Mm -hmm. You move there and what answers do you not have yet? What answers do I have now? In which sphere of my life? You're talking spirituality, business? In, in spirituality. Like, is there an answer that you're still, is there a question you're seeking? Because you've been seeking for a long time, you've got this curriculum, you've got this material, you've got the truth. Mm -hmm. But what is, what's missing? Is there something that's like inside of you that's like, I don't know the answer? No. You know the answer to everything? Yes. Why do you think you're here? <laughs> I'm here to do this work. I'm here uh, to be a loving husband and a loving father, um, a loving son, and uh, definitely loving friend to many of my friends. And I'm here to definitely uh, create a difference to the world. Do you think everyone has that same purpose? 
I I I don't know. I don't know. I would not like to make that into an ideal that everyone has a purpose. I I think. How do you think, the, How do you know that's your purpose? Or when did you discover that? I knew. I think uh, probably from the age of fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. That uh, I'm definitely here for doing something great, and I want to do it. It's not like I I'll put it this way. I'll put it that it's. It's my decision. It's my right action that I want to do this. You don't feel forced. No, no I don't feel forced. <laughs> it's not like I had a revelation and you know someone came into my dream and told me this is you. No, it's not like that. Right. It's something that I have discovered and it's organic. It's organic. Yeah, yeah. So that's total clarity. It's something that I found within me. It's not something that's given to me. Mm-hmm. What about all the people that uh, have religious beliefs? Uh-huh. Because you grew up religiously, right? Your father is religious, yes. would you say? Yes. And my father is not religious. My father's my father's work is spiritual, but the work is centered around God realization. Around God. God realization. Realization. Yeah, realization. So that way it is religious. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And this work is not related around God in any way. Uh, in the sense, I think for us. The topic on God has been addressed over thousands of years, mm-hmm. and I think uh, there are many, many people who are talking about that. So, uh, and for us, I think uh, we have found the answers for a beautiful state, for a transcendental state, and the enlightened state—all these powerful states through spirituality. And uh, spirituality is uh, different from religion. What's, the de- what's your definition of both? Uh, spirituality is moving inwards. You are looking for your happiness, uh, for answers for your suffering within you. Uh, religion is where you're moving outwards. You are suffering. You want to go and pray, and you want someone else to take care of your suffering, who is far more powerful than you. Mm. So, so spirituality is moving inwards. Religion is moving outwards. So, uh, both are fine. Uh, there's nothing superior, nothing inferior. But we have chosen this path. You're not against religion. You're not against. No, no, no. People believing in God. We are only against one thing. We are only against suffering, suffering states. And so, if someone believes in a religion or a God or thousands of gods, and it brings them relief or mm-hmm. brings them a beautiful state, then mm-hmm. that's what you want them to focus on. That's what they can focus on. Right. Right. You just don't think that's your truth. I just don't think that it's a very effective way to put your attention on mm-hmm. a being or a God mm-hmm. or God. Mm-hmm. To, to give you a beautiful state, and why is that not effective? Well, I should ask you that question because if you have done that, have you found peace and happiness? Mm-hmm. If you're a believer in God. Well, I don't know if some people have or not. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. so most of them have told me I don't know. So. Gotcha. Yeah. When most people come in here and do work with you, is that their belief usually? They, they believe in God and then. Many of them, yes, they believe in God, but we have made it very clear that I personally feel that. You can go to God and you can pray for your problems. See, most of us go and pray for our problems. Uh, we want to become financially successful or we want our health to become better or we, in India people go for my kid must get a good, uh, must get married well, must study well, must go to America for higher education. So I think for miracles, uh, definitely I think that path is an excellent path. But if you want to learn, grow and transform, then I think you should take the spiritual path. Mm. 
what's the thing that people suffer around the most that you've seen over the last 10 years doing this work? What's the common theme? Common theme. Interesting question. No one has asked me this. Well, you've never been on the School of Greatness. <laughs> yes, and I'm loving it. <laughs> um, the common theme will be, I, I would say lack of vision, definitely. And what's the difference between, is vision and purpose uh, similar or? Yeah, they're similar, but you know, when we use the word vision and purpose, we always try to make it very big. And I always tell people it's not about bigness. It could be purpose right. in a relationship with your partner or even with your kids. So, uh, so I think we find people don't have that vision. They don't have vision. Yeah, they don't have vision. So people have kids, but they don't know why they're having kids. People get into a relationship, they don't know why they get into a relationship. And they suffer. So vision, would you say, is the most important first step? In, that, in terms yes. of like an action plan of having something. Absolutely, yes. So without vision, you're just wandering in the universe asking, why am I here? What's yes. the point of this? Spiritual vision, I would say, is the first step. Spiritual vision. That is the inner state. And that's your way of being. That's so how do I want to be in the world? I that should be your second I want step. To, that's the second step. Second step. The first step is spiritual vision. vision. Because you need to first learn to become free of your fears, your insecurity, your lack of connection. These are the things that you should become first free of. Because that holds us back. Yes. And then who do I want to be in the world? Our way of being, right? Yes, absolutely. I want to be loving, I want to be passionate, I want to be, yes, I want to do this. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. And then would you say the external vision afterwards? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then goals and strategizing. It. Yes. Yeah. Making sure whom do you want to be, whom do you want to be a team member? Where do you go find your finances? Mm -hmm. How do you want to raise your money? Everything. The whole plan works out there. How would you say if someone says, I have no clue what I want to create in the world. I have no clue. I don't know what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. I have, or I like everything. How do I get my focus on one thing? What would you say to someone like that? Um, I think uh, they should, uh, they should, as I told you earlier, you know, if you're, go if you're constantly going to tell people that you should find some vision or vision that's transforming the world or transforming the country then it's going to be very difficult all 7.5 billion people <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot of pressure yeah yeah start so, smaller yeah start smaller um, I think uh, I think that's very important because small changes can actually make big changes mm. uh, we don't see that so I think small changes are very very important what's the point in me doing this work if I am not having a vision for my daughter and for my family business it's really not worth it so and at the same time we cannot say that that's small you, know, you are creating the next generation who are going to take care of this world mm -hmm. so that's very important so uh, so i think we should i think all of us together should work on changing this perception yeah. we are somehow constantly telling the world find this big thing find this big thing and all these guys are not able to find it and they are yeah. suffering cure cancer do this yeah yeah, yeah. so so I think first let them do the smaller things, which are also very, very important. Again, saying them small is wrong. They are big things. Your partner is a big thing. Your child is a big thing. Your business is a big thing. All the family, family, your family is community. a big thing. Your parents are big. All these are big things. This is what makes you who you are. So first we need to address these things and go to find happiness here. A lot of your staff mm -hmm. lives a particular lifestyle. Yes. Right? A monk lifestyle. Yes. But you don't, correct? Yes. And why is that? They made their choice, I made my choice. Okay. Do you feel that 
because you're married, you have a child, you mm -hmm. have all these other businesses, all these mm -hmm. other types of relationships that could be messier. Do you feel like it's harder for you to stay spiritually grounded because you have a lot of oh, moving parts in your life? Uh, no, it's very easy. It's very easy. Yeah. Why is that? Because uh, spirituality is all about looking inward and uh, finding your beautiful state. So I'm not running. I'm not running to some ten pilgrimage centers to find my happiness. I'm very busy traveling and doing stuff, attending programs here, attending programs there, and doing, going, meeting this person, that person. I'm not doing that. Mm. So I have a lot of time to spend uh, with my family and uh, with myself. That's good. Yeah. What do you feel like holds you back right now? Is there anything that's missing for you, or that personally, personally, or that keeps you from? being the person or achieving the thing you want right now? Uh, on the spiritual side, really nothing. On the business side, I think uh, I definitely uh, uh, I definitely have to you know, get to know a lot more of what's happening in the world. I'm just so stuck in this work right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I'm losing out a little bit there. Uh, so I, need, I just need to, I think, work a lot more to get that going. Uh, I would say I, that's not disturbing me, but I know that that's an area where I need to somehow find time and mm -hmm. yeah, pay more attention there so that I can keep up speed when it's changing so much. Right. Yeah. What would you say is the question you get the most? Um, and just to put this in the context before you answer, yeah. you get you know a lot of big business executives come here, CEOs yes. of major companies. Tony Robbins has been here before. You yes. have. People from all over the world have come here in the group that I was in. I think there was like seven or eight different countries and just the 20 of us. Yes. Leaders. We're talking about big leaders here. Yes. But also people that are just figuring things out. So you have a wide spectrum. Yes. It seems like more leaders come than not. Yes. Um, so what would you say is the biggest question or the most frequent question? Um, for leaders, uh, the most uh, frequent question has been... Uh, um, they, they're actually in a space of seeking. Some of them are moved to a place of seeking, like, what's, why am I here? What am I doing? For some of them, it's been relationships. Relationship at home. Relationship uh, with parents. So, different things. I would say each would fall equally in its basket. Yeah. Why are relationships so challenging for people? Uh, it's so challenging because we're all different. you and you're not me. <laughs> but why, why it seems like now more than ever marriages are so challenging? Or they're so, they're, they're facing a lot of challenges. You know, 50% divorce rate in the U.S. Yeah. I'm not sure what it's like here in India, but why do we, is it because we're so focused on ourselves, or is it because there's so many options and we think we deserve something better? Is it a combination of things? What I think all these are true, but they're only true at a certain level. The real truth is there's no spiritual issue. With the relationship. With the relationship. And again, they're trying to find answers externally. So you think by changing the person, you'll find your happiness. So how do you know if it's the right fit then? Well, that's something practical, right? You can really pragmatic about it. If someone is using an abusive language or being physically abusive with you, you just need to make a practical decision that mm -hmm. this is not working. Gotcha. But yeah. the spiritual vision, most relationships don't have that. Most. 
what would you advise if a couple was sitting right in front of you saying, you know, we're struggling right now, mm-hmm. um, and you said, okay, you need to have a spiritual vision, what would you say they need to focus on? How do they, how do they create that together, individually and then together? Uh, they can do it individually. They can also do it together. But I think uh, they need to understand and ask this question, what's the foundation for the relationship? So many discovered it's money, it's power, it's beauty, it's, it's many other things. And as those fade away or as those are questionable, your relationship changes, your equation changes. So you need to seek truth. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the most profound, enlightened or transcendental experience you've ever had? <laughs> uh, what, what happens? For how long? The, um, what, was, what was the journey? Nothing's too weird. Yes. Uh, that was, <laughs> I think uh, the most profound, I would say, the one I had is uh, me not uh, existing. So, yeah, she became one with or one with everything around me. The universe. Yeah, everything. You became one. What does that mean? What, was, what did uh, it feel like? What was it like? The feeling is you don't exist. You are not there. And, uh, your body you're, or your mind? You're both. You are everywhere. Really? Yeah. yeah. How long did it last for? I would say uh, I've had it many times. Really? So, yeah, so. Just wake up in the morning and put on the switch and you're everywhere. <laughs> but uh, I would say at least seven, eight minutes. That's the maximum sometimes. Yeah. And how do you get into that space personally? I get into it uh, when I'm meditating. Mm-hmm. And what's, what do you... That's the secret. Meditation. <laughs> can you get into it when you're not meditating? Ah, uh, Yes. What do, you, what do you notice when you're everywhere? I notice that we are actually just a process. This whole universe is a process. The universe is a process. The universe is a process and you are a small process. And we're a small process. What's the point of the process? From the perspective of the, from the context of the universe? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but from the context of uh, our life, uh, to do something good yeah. and to live in a beautiful state. Why do you think that that's our purpose, to do something good? Uh, more than to do something good, to, do, to live in a beautiful state, I would say it's a deeper and a much bigger purpose. Why not live in a negative state and break everything down? <laughs> what, if, what if that's our purpose? Um, well, all of us are constantly searching for happiness, peace, and love. So, so definitely we know that we cannot live in these negative states. And we want to become free of these negative states. Right. So, and I always tell that there are only two states of being. Either a suffering state or a no-suffering state. So if these are the only, state, if these are the only two states we experience our life from, then the most important question in life is, which state do you want to live in? Everyone knows the answer. A beautiful state. Right. Yeah. What's your um, point of view of ideals? I know certain people talk about having, you need to have a set of ideals mm-hmm. to live by. Do you believe in ideals? What's the purpose of them? Uh, I think ideals are good up to a point. 
it definitely uh, gives you direction to be a good person or to do good things. Uh, but you're just doing, you're not being. So ideals uh, never make you be, but it makes you do. And beyond a point, they become a burden because you're something else within and you're trying to be something else outside. Mm. And that's when you completely break it down. So you break down and everything breaks down. So now the ideals break down. Everything breaks down. So you try to be this nice husband, nice husband, and on fine day you are this worst husband. And then what? Right. And then you're so questioning and everything. Then questioning right? Right? And then questioning all that you believe in. And so it's exhausting. It's totally exhausting because it is not your truth. It is someone else's truth. Or what you think your truth should be, right? Yes, exactly. And you also want the other person to believe in the same truth. So you believe that you have to be a good husband, then you believe your wife has to be a good wife, then you believe your children have to be good children. Whereas all of us are different human beings, they're all very different. Yeah. So um, they're okay too, up to a point. So, but um, it's not about what you're doing, it's about who you are. And that's where the beautiful state comes in. Mm -hmm. Who would you say is your greatest teacher? It'll sound a little arrogant, <laughs> but the truth is uh, myself and life, I would say. Is there anyone else who's been a great teacher for you besides yourself? My dad. What's his name? My dad's name is Sri Bhagwan. And he runs a center as well, right? A, a spiritual yes. center here in India? Yes. It's very popular? Very big. It's been around for 25 30 years. years. 30 years. Yeah. There's thousands of people every week, or what is it? Thousands, yeah. Thousands every week. Every week. Wow. Yeah. And why did you not want to go take that over or be part of that? I am uh, definitely part of it in the sense I am the one who built it up. Because you were there at the beginning, right? I was there. Your experience, mm -hmm. I heard from Krishnaraj that your experience was you guys were in the school that he started. Yes. You started having these experiences. Yes. Yes. Other kids started having spiritual experiences. Yes. I think one of the one of the biggest reasons uh, the oneness movement grew is through a very divine process or spiritual process called the oneness blessing or the oneness diksha, which many people around the world practice. And that phenomenon began to me. I was the first one to transfer that real to someone else here. Yeah. So at the age of twelve. So so. Uh, in that way, I played a very big role on the spiritual side. Of Tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> what was the experience? Um, <clears throat> so your experience is what created this foundation for transformation around the world is what I'm hearing. Yes. Okay, so let's hear it. <laughs> uh, it was an experience where I had a very... Uh, can call it a divine being with whom I could communicate with in my heart. And, uh, and slowly the divine being turned into this beautiful golden ball and, and then I could actually transfer this to someone else. What were you, what were you transferring? Uh, when, we, when we were transferring it, it was basically told that you can come in touch with your God. And uh, it's, it, you can come in touch with your divine. 
so so it's more like an intent and uh, so people used to have an intent is what you said an intent yeah so people used to have and see their divinity the divine they believed in with themselves mm. and they could communicate they could talk so they had this personal god that they could communion with oh. so that's the phenomenon that we had yeah so it, it happened first with you yes and how that experience how was it facilitated was your dad a part of that experience or absolutely yes so he facilitated this or was it just organic um it was organic it was organic and it was my dad's decision to uh, tell me that i think you should you should now see if you can transfer this to someone else and, and who was the first person you transferred it to uh it was to uh, samadarshi who is one of the senior faculty here and the second one was anandagiri who is also a senior faculty and what was their experience like you should ask them <laughs> okay i will later <laughs> and so based on that your dad decided hey i want to start this is what i'm going to be doing no his work started much before that this was a phenomenon that just began uh, along with with what my dad was doing gotcha. his work began as courses um see my my father here in this country is uh seen as someone to whom they can pray and their problems can be solved miracles can happen and also their powerful teachings along with that process so that's how the work began mm-hmm. uh, but that but then this phenomenon just called the oneness blessing or the diksha this phenomenon just uh, made sure that everything happened much faster mm. so so i could transfer it to you and then you had the power to transfer it to somebody else oh. and the benefits were the benefits were health was relationships better relationships clarity yeah and uh, many beautiful uh, mystical spiritual experiences people had powerful experiences no well, what's been the greatest miracle or recovery you've seen from anyone in the world like in terms of transformation you're asking transformation oh all of them all of them i would not pick anyone particularly do you get surprised by any transformations surprised no mm-hmm. because i know exactly that's what i want so i don't get surprised mm. is there any question that you wish people would ask you that they don't ask you <laughs> um i have not thought about it i've not thought about it uh, but from course's perspective I definitely uh, would love to uh, teach people uh, many wonderful realizations and uh, teachings that have given me freedom mm-hmm. uh, but that needs uh, that needs for someone to become a seeker uh, it needs for someone to ask more deeper questions and more important questions I, I would like people to get to that place so that I can help them uh, with ultimate freedom and yeah what are three questions everyone should ask what are the three questions? what are three questions everyone should be asking themselves um no matter what stage of life they're at okay uh i would say definitely uh number one is why am i doing what i'm doing 
number two is how do I find my happiness and how do I be in this joyful state and uh, number three would be uh, I'm, how do I find the spiritual vision for each and every aspect of my life. Mm. Great big questions. Should you have a book on those questions? Sure. You should. <laughs> <laughs> What's something you've done that a lot of people don't know about you that you're really proud of? I will say one more academy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are small. Yeah. We are growing. Yeah. Okay. Um, final few questions. Huh. Before I ask them, is there any questions you want to ask me? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, you don't have to. I, just <laughs> I want to. <laughs> you're doing amazing work and I love what you're doing. And uh, more than that, I love you as a human being. You're a very wonderful person. Um, and you have come here, you have learned a lot, and there has been definitely growth and transformation. So from your perspective, what do you think your listeners and people in the world should do to understand our work better? And mm-hmm. One, understand our work better, not two, really, the teachings that you have learned. Mm-hmm. What should they understand? What should they understand? And... So what, what is it that you want I to think? Speak? I think uh, people need to simplify their lives. Okay. I think we, we create too much complexity in our minds. Okay. Of the way we think things should look or how things should be. Um, and we are constantly in an analytical mindset. Okay. We're prisoners of this analytical mind where we constantly think and question things over and over. Okay. And just run in the same place. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being calm and peaceful and joyful and just moving forward. So why should one be... I, I, think, I think people need... Because it's freeing. Okay. It's freeing. And it's more fun. Okay. Whenever I'm around people that are constantly in their head, they're analytical, mm-hmm. they're questioning everything, or they're, they can't make a decision on something, mm-hmm. it looks hard. It looks exhausting to me. Okay. It's like they're tight in their body because they're tight in their mind. So for me, I like to keep things as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. I think you guys do a great job of breaking things down in simple ways. Okay. You're either in a suffering state or a non-suffering state. Which one do you want to be in? Yes. Okay, let's move into a non-suffering state. Here's how to do it. Here's the practices. Here's what you can do on a daily basis. Here's the routines. And here's the truth that you need to have. Yes. Now, build from a spiritual vision and move forward in your life. Yes. Challenges are going to come up. They're going to arise. But if you stay grounded in your spiritual vision, you always come back to that. You can move through it easier. Yes. And I think it comes down to being as simple as that. Beautiful. But people complicate things so much. Yes. And I think sometimes, I mean, we may not always have the answers to certain things. Yeah. You know, I asked you a question the other day and you gave me an answer, but it's probably a lot more of a process to go through to really understand some of these answers. Yes. And so I think some things we need to be okay with a certain level not knowing for sure mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But being okay with it. Absolutely, yes, correct. And living from a place of love, joy, yes. and passion. Because we're here, mm-hmm. we might as well make the most of it. Yes. Right? So, I think that's what it is. And I think if people rid themselves of their analytical mind yeah. that imprisons them mm-hmm. in their body, they yeah. become, there's just bars around their body that they can't get out. Okay. It's, uh, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's, it sucks to be around. Mm-hmm. It's not fun to be around that, those individuals, and you want to support them. So 
Um, I would say listen to this again mm -hmm. and uh, come to a, a workshop in the U.S. or wherever you are in the world or come here mm -hmm. to experience it for yourself because it's very profound. So that's what I would say. Thank you. Yeah. And why do you think people make their life complicated? I don't think they know any other way. I think they were raised probably mm -hmm. seeing it complicated. They feel like maybe with their peers, you know, there's a competition, especially in the U.S., it's like who's busier, who's more stressed out. Okay. It's like one-upping someone based on your level of stress. Okay. And I think um, they're not present to the fact that they don't need to be that way. Okay. So you're aware. So what you're saying is they're constantly trying to be somebody else. Or they're trying yeah. to be... Well, they don't feel like they're good enough. They don't feel like they're whole enough already. So they're searching or trying to create something to prove that they're good enough. So how do they know that they're not good enough? Because they're looking at someone and they're judging themselves? Yes, or so they're being made fun of, or they're not getting the attention or the love they want, or they're not getting the acknowledgement they want. So the search is outside? Outside. Yeah. Got it. I think acknowledgement, acknowledgement is a big thing. Okay. If we're constantly seeking for acknowledgement from the outside, then we're never going to be happy. Okay. By doing nothing? What's that? By doing nothing? By doing nothing? Are people seeking acknowledgement by doing nothing? Oh, I hope not. I'm sure they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure they are. And that's an important truth one must see. What's that? That acknowledgement will come automatically if you're doing something. Yeah, if you're doing something good. Yeah. And you even talked about it in the beginning, like, you know, in this minute, when I just finished, for those watching, I just finished a meditation and structure training. And one of the, the vows that you taught us in the beginning, there's three vows, I'm going to forget the first two, I'm going to my notes, but one of them is to not go into the practice of serving others to receive acknowledgement. Yeah. Because then it's not going to be a heartfelt connection or interaction. So we're going to feel a disconnect. Yes. And so I think when we come from the place of, I'm going to make an impact because I want to get this acknowledgement, because I want to win the award, because I want to win people bowing to me in their own metaphorical way, yeah. it's going to feel exhausting. It's still focusing on the self. Yeah, and there's no spiritual vision. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's removing, like it's nice to get acknowledgement. Yeah. I like it. You know, I'm sure you like it. Yes. Um, but if that's our focus, there's going to be suffering. Yes. Because when we don't get it, we're going to have an expectation that's not met. Yes. So. And, uh, and also you're, and also the truth is you're not working for the sake of the work, but for acknowledgement for so, self. And then that becomes like a vicious cycle and you suffer more. And then what happens is even if people truly acknowledge, that's not enough. It's never enough. You need more, right? Yes. <laughs> Any other questions for me? Um, you don't have to. Just... Why do you think uh, living in a beautiful state is important? From a perspective of day-to-day -day life. For a number of reasons. One, health-wise, okay. I'm not living in a beautiful state. I feel it emotionally, internally, and I feel like it affects my health, yeah. my physical health. My sleep hurts, my body aches over time. I get exhausted, so that's number one. Is um, It frees me of that physical pain. Number two is, I think it's important because I believe we're all here to be symbols of inspiration. Yes. Were there symbols of inspiration or symbols of something negative? Yes. Okay. And I look at myself as I want to be a symbol that anyone that I come in contact with, it doesn't matter if I'm in Delhi in the spice market walking down the street, the Uber driver who's driving me to the spice market, 
I was constantly coming from a place of joy, a place of curiosity, a place of interest, a place of trying to transfer positive positivity to someone else's life. When I was walking down the street, I was interacting with people in a joyful way. Okay. And I feel like it's my mission to be a symbol, that symbol, and it's all of our missions should be to be a symbol of inspiration to spread joy mm -hmm. and positivity because the other is a negative state that brings suffering and, and pain. And, and, and you're doing it beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, do my best. That's what I told you in the beginning. You're a very really wonderful person and that's more important for us. Right. And the thing is, you know, I think people also want to feel like they're very smart and intelligent. Yes. And so they're constantly driven to learn more and to feel like they're adequate enough mm -hmm. in relationships or in the world. Mm -hmm. And I remember early on that I never felt like I was smart because I couldn't study well in school. Okay. But I feel like I learned a new superpower. I was like, well, as long as I can transfer positivity, mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter. I don't need to be smart, yes. you know what I mean? So yes. <laughs> um, I think being a good human being and having a positive energy is more important than how much you know. Absolutely. If you're negative with your intelligence. Absolutely. Totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I'm usually not interviewed, so on my show. <laughs> <laughs> what was your most impactful experience here? I would say my my time with uh, Krishna Raj. Wonderful. Yeah. I would say I was uh, I got sick even something in, in Delhi or okay. who knows what happened, but I got sick for three days and uh -huh. being in another country, you know, being away from my bed, being away from home, yes. familiar people, things like that. I was like, this is the last thing I want right now. You yes. know, I, I spent all my time to come here. I want to learn something now, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. And now I'm taking away from my experience, from my group and the lessons. And, you know, Krishna Raj Ji was there who, mm -hmm. and he was just so calm and loving and his attention to detail Mm -hmm. And his level of commitment to me for a stranger yes. and his level of love and giving and service was so thoughtful. And it just shows me, it was more of a, you know, I learned so much through the experiences. I learned so much through meditations, the wisdom, yes. our interaction. Yes. You know, I'm constantly learning. But I think it's those simple reminders that it doesn't matter who someone is in the world. Yes that we're all connected yes. and we can all experience someone else's pain or suffering or mm -hmm. what they're going through. We can all have the opportunity to relate. Yes. And him being there for me, I mean, everyone was there for me, yes. but him being there for me, I felt like made it an easier process to move through. So I could have suffered a lot longer or not. And he was there to, to support me. So I think that was, that's what's coming up for me right now. Wonderful. But in terms of the teaching, mm -hmm. You know, this, the meditation instructor training has been extremely powerful in understanding the principles of modern day science, um, spiritual meditation practices, and body movement and alignment. And when you put all three together to put yourself through a practice of meditation, yes. the incredible benefits that will support your, your mental health, your emotional health, and your physical health, and your spiritual health. And by having a meditation practice where you understand why all elements work in unison, mm -hmm. not just doing them to have emotions, but actually understanding yes. the thinking, the science, the 
biomechanics behind every moment of movement is so profound in understanding that for me. So now having that wisdom, having those tools that I can teach to other people, yes. for me is that's the reason why I want to come is to have that understanding. Yes. Because I've been meditating for years, but when I see the benefits, I didn't fully understand it okay. at a deeper level. So I think that was pretty profound. Wonderful. And on, and also you attended the field of transformation yes. this year. What is yeah. your big takeaway? Well, I missed like three days of that, but for the big takeaway was, um, you know, there's different there's different teachings about the wisdom that you guys have, and then you put us through different experiences, different exercises. And I think I've been through different workshops where they have teaching and exercises, and yes. that's what creates transformation. For me, that's what's created transformation for me in the past. Because you can't just sit there and be lectured or taught something and have a transformation. You have to understand it, and you have to go through an experience to yes. move through the suffering, the pain, and the hurts. And I believe that's really the only way, that's the, the most impactful way to transform. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different workshops out there um, that teach similar stuff, but not at this level yes. of understanding, of spiritual understanding. Okay. Not religious, but spiritual understanding. And I think this is probably the most profound Experience. I wish I would have done this probably like three or four years ago. I did something else that was, again, similar with terms of teaching and experience, okay. experiential learning, okay. which was the most profound thing for me at the time, okay. which rid me a lot of a lot of my suffering. Okay. So I think it would have been even more profound going through like a spiritual understanding of it too. So it's definitely a, a must attend. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else? Okay. <laughs> um, final few questions. Mm -hmm. What are you most grateful for recently? See, I don't make uh, being grateful into some kind of a practice or an ideal anyway. So once you learn to live in a beautiful state, you're automatically grateful for things. So, so unfortunately today, grateful and being gratitude has become some kind of a practice because most of the time we're living in a negative state. So uh, I'm grateful for everything. There's, no, there's nothing particular that I'm grateful for. You're always grateful. It's not even a grateful. You're just it is, yeah, it is. I think out of many emotions, it's one small emotion. It's one important but takes its place. It's not like the emotional state that you have to take. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, it's also becoming to an ideal. You must feel grateful. You must feel. You must feel gratitude. You must feel grateful. Feeling gratitude must be something that that must become natural. It should not be a practice. It should be a forced thing. It should, it should not be a forced thing. Should be an automatic. Yeah, because you have this paradox, right? One in one particular view, you're looking at everyone and blaming everyone for your suffering, and then to the same person, you want to feel grateful. So you know it's very mm -hmm. paradoxical. So right. So you need to understand: Are you really being grateful, or are you just trying to be grateful so that you can feel nice about yourself? Right. So that's where the state is very important. Gotcha. Yeah. You need to learn to live in that state. Got it. Um, okay, this is called the three truths. Okay. So, if uh, it's the last day for you, many many years from now, many many years from now, many many years from now, it's your okay. last day. Okay. How yeah. will I know it's my last day? You know. Okay. You know. <laughs> it's time. Okay. You're 100 and something, or however old you are. <laughs> okay. It's time. <laughs> okay. So together we'll spend that time. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, you've written many books. You've had. Tens of thousands or whoever many people have come through this, you've built 
businesses beyond your wildest dreams. You've done everything you've wanted. The family, mm-hmm. everything you've had has happened according to your plan. Mm-hmm. And um, your friends and family are there at the last moment. And they want to know, you know, you've created so much, you have so much wisdom, so much teaching, so much knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you could boil it down to three simple truths, mm-hmm. and this is all we would have to remember you by. Mm-hmm. This would be your teaching to the world, mm-hmm. written on three simple truths. A yeah. piece of paper, nothing else we would have. Mm-hmm. What would you boil it down to? Um, living in powerful spiritual states, which are beautiful states transcendental states and enlightened states. Number two will be uh, to always look at the truth that all suffering arises from obsessive self-centered thinking and that if you want to find joy, if you want to find peace, love, passion, courage, you have to look within you. You have to learn to dissolve your suffering and become free of your suffering. The answer is within you and not of you. And number three will be to have a spiritual vision for your life. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good. Thank you. Before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Kristen Jean, for your incredible vision, for your spiritual vision, for your guidance to so many people, for bringing your vision to life and creating this work for so many people, including myself, to learn, grow, transform, rid ourselves of suffering and pain and unnecessary suffering that we don't need to live in yes you're an incredible symbol of inspiration for so many people thank you and I acknowledge you for all the incredible work you've done thank you so much and a pleasure talking to you and such joy relating to you yes um, everyone can go to oneworldacademy.com mm-hmm. check out more information yes there's also workshops around the world we'll be doing a number of them next year yes. how many of them at least 40 to 50 40 to 50 that'll be on oneworldacademy.com with the information about the workshop in your city yeah. we'll be hosting one in LA soon so I'll send you guys the information about that um, anything else that people should know about where to go and connect with you or with the work I think the website is a good place website. and Facebook Facebook yeah slash one world academy final question is mm-hmm. what's your definition of greatness um my definition of greatness will be two things coming together. One is your internal state of being. Are you the person you are that you're talking to others about? Mm-hmm. If you're communicating about love, if you're communicating about being courageous, if you're communicating about being passionate, are you the person who's living in that state? And if you are that person, and if you are living in that state, if you have learned to live in that state, then you are truly great. Because then you are giving people that is true to you. Number two is actually making it happen as a reality for the other. So it's both the internal and the external coming together. That's truly being great. Krishna Jean, thank you so much. Thank you, Krishna. Namaste. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed curating and facilitating it while I was in India and while I was going through my own process and experience. So many things I learned and so many things I'm still 
learning and processing and experiencing as I develop my daily meditation practice from what I learned at One World Academy. And if you guys are interested in learning more, make sure to check out OneWorldAcademy.com. You can see more what it's about. But I've been telling a lot of my my close network, uh, the different influencers in my network, to definitely go check it out. Again, they do workshops around the U.S. and around the world at various times as well. Little mini three-day workshops, which are extremely profound as well. But if you're not able to go to India, then make sure to find a city closest to you. So check out OneWorldAcademy.com to learn more. Again, if you enjoyed this and you feel like others should learn about the power of creating a spiritual vision in your life and how to find true meaning and purpose in your life, then please share this with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 418. Guys, it's all about coming from a place of beauty, of joy, of passion of inspiration, of meaning and purpose. And it's hard to live a meaningful life if we don't create our own spiritual vision and if we don't live from a beautiful state of being. So start moving towards a beautiful mind and living in a beautiful mind and having that space where your thoughts are beautiful and surrender all negative thoughts that may hold you back. Surrender holding on to pain from other people forgive allow yourself to forgive and surrender the suffering inside of you you are so worth it you're worth more than pain and suffering you're worth more than despair you're worth more than frustration and anger and resentment i lived in it for many many years and it's definitely not worth it you deserve so much more but it's up to you to create that inner peace and that spiritual vision So connect for a moment today with how you want to be in the world, who you want to be, how you want to show up, the purpose you're going to live in, and the thing you want to leave behind for everyone that knows who you are. My name is Lewis Howes. Thank you guys so much for being here. Please share this with your friends, lewishowes.com slash 418, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and live and do something great.